Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is PlushCare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Conversations on Dance is generously made possible by Yumiko. Yumiko creates handmade dancewear for dancers by dancers and for years has been a favorite of students and professionals alike. Recently, we had the opportunity to chat with the founder of this legendary brand, Yumiko Takashima, and hear more about her career as a professional dancer, how she created her first leotard, and how she built the company into the brand we love today. Tune in now to hear her speak with us in episode 153 and visit yumiko.com to browse their incredible catalog of customizable dancewear and ready-to-wear styles. This episode is brought to you by the Town of Vail, a sponsor helping to host the Vail Dance Festival in our community. I'm Rebecca King-Ferraro. And I'm Michael Breeden, and you're listening to Conversations on Dance. This week on Conversations on Dance, we are joined by New York City Ballet dancer Preston Chambly. Preston hails from North Carolina, where he began his dance training. After dancing at the School of American Ballet, Preston was accepted into the New York City Ballet and shortly after began to dance featured roles in ballets like Morgan, Rodeo, and Year of the Rabbit. Preston has recently branched out into the world of choreography and was selected as Ballet Collective's 2019 Choreographer-in-Residence. We talked to Preston about his experiences as a New York City Ballet dancer, what inspires him as a choreographer, and how he manages to balance both of these roles. This episode is sponsored by Vail Dance Festival and Ballet Collective. Preston, thank you so much for joining us thank today. Thank you for having me. We're so happy to be chatting with you after your long day of rehearsals here in Vail. So let's just start at the beginning. How did you get your start in dance? I started because of my sister. Mm-hmm. She's two years younger than I am, and she was kind of doing like baby ballet, like jumping through hula hoops in a little tutu type situation. I was doing sports at the time and I was kind of like, I enjoyed it, but wasn't particularly good at it. Mm -hmm. Um, And then she did a recital and I saw this kid who was probably like 16-ish do this fun jazz routine. And I looked at my mom, I was kind of like, that that looks like fun. I could maybe try it. Yeah. And she was like, all right, well, if you want to try it, sure. So that following fall, she signed me up for jazz classes and I 
immediately was like, oh yeah, this, this is it. This Mm -hmm. is what I want to do. Within a couple of months, I got like moved up to levels and put in like a junior company and started doing competitions and all that stuff. How many boys were at this school that you first started dancing? I was the only one. The only one. That's Mm -hmm. so common, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Small town, little North Carolina. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It was in a strip mall. (laughs) (laughs) So so we all start. (laughs) When then did you start to get more serious? Like, was did you kind of find yourself falling in love with it straight away, or was it more gradual? I found myself. I definitely fell in love with it right off the bat, Um, but I didn't really think it was going to be a career thing I was just kind of doing it for fun Mm -hmm. and then it was around probably 14 or 15 when it was because I was doing sports and dance at the same time Uh okay so then it was the hours were getting longer and the teachers were like okay you need to take more classes you need to do more ballet more tap more jazz Mm -hmm. more rehearsals and that was cutting into like baseball and basketball practice right So so you had to choose I had to pick yeah and I thought it over for like probably 20 minutes and then <laughs> then I picked dance mm-hmm. and then you knew mm-hmm. so how did you kind of decide to s- start making your um training a little more professional maybe starting to think about going to SAB mm-hmm. I was at the time I was working at this small studio city ballet that's what it was called and then hmm. there I met two girls there who were going to the SAB summer course mm-hmm. and they came back and they were like it's incredible. You have to go. You should look into it. Mm-hmm. And I was kind of like, well, maybe we'll see. I had never thought of like leaving home. I thought I was going right. to stay in North Carolina the whole time. Mm-hmm. Um, and so then I checked it out and I was like, oh, this looks great. This looks really cool. And then during that next summer course, uh, Suki Shore came and taught a master class at Carolina Ballet. And that was my first introduction to Balanchine because mm-hmm. um, I had just the year before started getting more serious with ballet right because I was kind of it was at first a requirement they were like if you are going to be on the jazz team you have to take right. two ballet classes a week kind of a thing right right um but then once I took that Balanchine class I was kind of like oh this is cool mm-hmm. I can get into this I like how it's still strong technique but it's got this really beautiful neoclassical kind of like fluidity to it Mm -hmm. but also with these really sharp accents um so that was kind of when I fell in love with it and then I I didn't even know New York City Ballet existed Mm -hmm. until that point (laughs) and then so I started doing research and finding about dancers and Mm -hmm. researched the school and then I talked to my mom I was like I want to I want to try this. Mm-hmm. That's so cool that just one master class can give you that opportunity. Those are so important. How old were you at this time? I would have been 15. Okay. That summer. Yeah. So you went to the summer course. I went to Carolina Valley summer course. Uh-huh. Then the following year I went to San Francisco and the year after that I went to SAP. What year did you go to San Francisco? This would have been. You didn't cross. Bro. We didn't cross. <clears throat> it would have been. <laughs> yeah, didn't quite I think no. 2012 okay. or no. 11. Yeah. <laughs> we missed you. <laughs> That's really great, though. So then, how did you end up staying at SAB for the year? I was thinking about staying my first summer course, and then things didn't really work out. Mm-hmm. And then. I was doing YGP and doing the whole competition route and I was going to get a job through that. Mm-hmm. Um, I went to semifinals at Grand Prix and got a job offer. And 
So I was kind of like, okay, this is how it's going to go down. I had done the pre-registry for SAB's Mm -hmm. summer course audition, but I wasn't going to go. And then, um, so I, I did YIGP, came back and I was at home and literally the night before the audition, I was just, I felt weird about it. I was kind of like, I just, if I'm going to like go into a job and be super classical for the rest of my career, I want to like kind of say goodbye to Balanchine like Mm. once. I just want to have one more class and just like bid adieu to the (laughs) Balanchine world. And I literally went downstairs and my mom was coming upstairs. Uh And I said, mom, I think I should do the audition tomorrow. And she said, I was just about to come tell you that you should do the audition tomorrow. So we went, we drove the next day and went and did the audition. And at the end of the audition, uh, it was Susie, Susie Pilar. She held me back at the end after the audition and said, we want to give you the merit scholarship with like flights and all that Mm -hmm. stuff. And then we want you to also stay for winter term. Amazing. At the audition. Mm -hmm. So I was freaking out. I was like, wait, wait, wait. That like never happened. I had never heard of that happening either. I think now maybe it's kind of more common that Mm -hmm. like two or three of the auditions on their audition tour, they'll do it. Right. Um, But yeah, that happened. I freaked out. I went Mm -hmm. and told my mom. And so then it was just this whole new like shift. It was, I had to completely change what I thought I wanted to do. And, mm-hmm. um, I called Lauren Lovett on the phone and I was like, I don't know what to do. I'm so <laughs> scared. And she said, you absolutely have to go. So then I, I dropped YGP. I turned down my job offer and I went and did the summer course and then got accepted the third week. I think they were like, they were officially, uh-huh. uh, like mm-hmm. inviting me to winter term. That's awesome. Was that like, as you'd said, just even a few years prior, you had thought you were going to stay in North Carolina forever. Mm-hmm. Was that a big adjustment then? Or had you shifted your mindset enough that it didn't feel like, you know, you weren't heavy with homesickness or something? I think it had to do with where I was training at the time. I think I was kind of ready to settle in and ready to kind of settle down and, stay in North Carolina. And then when I transferred to the school I was at before I went to SAB, they kind of opened my eyes a little bit and said, no, you can, you can go further. Mm -hmm. If you want to go further, you can. I just didn't really think of it as an option. Right. And so then I started to explore other ideas of maybe moving away from home and Mm -hmm. that sort of thing. Uh, my one condition from my mother was that I stay on the East Coast. <laughs> same time zone. <laughs> same. She yeah. wanted same time zone. North Carolina's not so far yeah. at all. Not bad. Not bad. Yeah. So then when did you start kind of thinking like, oh, I'd like to be New York City Ballet? Was it right away? Or were you thinking that there may be other companies out there for you? I think my initial reaction when I first started doing research about City Ballet was oh my God, I love this. I love all of this. Mm-hmm. I think the first clip I ever saw was a clip of Western Symphony. Mm. I was like, oh, this looks like fun. Uh, mm-hmm. I want to do this. Mm-hmm. And then I saw a clip of some clips of Serenade and um, I just fell in love with their repertoire. Mm-hmm. And so then it was kind of a far off goal. Like that would, that's my top choice. Mm-hmm. And then I looked at other companies and other options down below that, that I wanted to look into. Mm-hmm. Um, 
So how did your apprenticeship then come about? Did, did it happen the way it traditionally does at the end of the year? Mm-hmm. It did, yes. I. Well, it was still kind of at the phase of the school because now they tell you earlier early like before audition season Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and that was the year after me Mm -hmm. so i did audition season and i was doing every audition i could you auditioned Mm -hmm. for miami city ballet because that's where we met (laughs) that's where we met i got a core contract yes you did (laughs) um and yeah i was doing auditions and then kind of the way it worked is that if you get a job offer you go to Kay and Peter and mm. then they say either take it or don't. Right. And they, I got the one I got was, um, Oh, Houston. Mm-hmm. I got Houston and they said, don't take it. And I was kind of okay with it. Kind of not. I was like, it's like, why can't you just like it's nerve wracking? Tell yeah. me. Yeah. Like, they just say, don't take it. They don't say like, don't take it. Cause we're hiring you. Yeah. No, they yeah. say he has an interest in you and might want to hire you. Mm-hmm. So, then so has it? Does it happen that sometimes you just? Like, I think historically I, it has happened. It has, yeah. I think it's happened. Not great. Which not is why great. they don't do that anymore. Yes, because it wasn't great. Good. Yeah, <laughs> it's yeah, not yeah. the best way to go about things. Yeah, That's why they changed it. Yeah, good. Um, awesome. So yeah, and then uh, after workshop happens, there's mm-hmm. usually about a week, week and a half more of classes, mm-hmm. and it was on a Tuesday, and they like grabbed those of us who were getting apprenticeships and gave us the the good word. That's awesome. So they do all in a group, bring you all in a mm-hmm. group. They brought us in a group. That's great. So when you got in the company, uh, you got some, you know, very prominent opportunities pretty early on. I remember seeing you in Morgan, was mm-hmm. it? Which you did, you partnered two ballerinas, right? Three. Three, all three? Mm-hmm. Oh, man. Yeah, so you partnered three established ballerinas mm-hmm. that were already I mean would you do you remember who they were I do my first <laughs> rehearsal was with Ashley Isaacs mm-hmm. and then I had Tess after that and then um my other girl was Rebecca Crone mm-hmm. so they were putting a lot of faith in you having you dance with these people only Ashley mm-hmm. at that time would have been relatively new to featured roles but I remember I had already seen her do a lot so it was a big right. deal that they were having you partner these ballerinas that mm-hmm weren't you know kind of just be down to be with novices right so um what other than morgan were some of your first opportunities and what were those experiences like for you Ooh, good question um i think my first kind of featured role was rodeo mm-hmm. the five boys dance and i'm looking at you in right now really yeah i have mo- well because i have to have I'm, you know, I'm trying to get all the versions down because. and Preston is on one of the, yes, because I'm staging the ballet for Miami City Ballet. We've announced that, right? I know, but just, just like know, throw it back in there. Just, just yeah, to, in case not. people don't listen to every single episode. That's rude. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I'm, I'm seeing you a lot lately. <laughs> you look great. Yeah. It's funny because yeah, it, it, yeah, I just, you must've been so young when that, was that your first or second year? Mm-hmm. That was yeah. my first year. Well, that was because I got my core contract early. Mm-hmm. So I, when Rodeo and Morgan happened, I hadn't been in the company for a year yet. Mm-hmm. I, wow. that was Morgan happened my first spring season and Rodeo happened my first winter season. Mm-hmm. Cause in your contract, you're only allowed to do a certain amount of ballets as an right. apprentice before they have to hire you. Mm-hmm. And a bunch of tall boys got injured. So I got thrown into a lot of things. And then Craig Hall went out of rodeo mm-hmm. and you were the cover. I was the cover. 
And that was really, really special because I got to work with Albert mm-hmm. on that. And that was like, I will carry that with me for the rest of my life. Yeah. How scary was that for you as such a young person? Sometimes I feel like when you're younger, it's almost better. Less fear somehow. A little but, bit. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think I think I was so afraid to mess up that it was like when I got into the studio to learn it. Yeah. I really, really, really wanted to learn it. And I also like it. I love that ballet. Mm-hmm. So I was really excited to learn it. And then Craig was also like in and out of mm-hmm. the rehearsal. So some of it was kind of choreographed on me a little bit. Not on me, but like I filled you, in the right, space. Right. Um, so you had I was, done it a lot in the studios. I had done it in the studios <laughs> a lot. So I think that's why they were comfortable enough right. to mm-hmm. put me on. Right. Um, so that was kind of my first featured role. Mm-hmm. Um, then Morgan happened which was great. And then I think after that would have been maybe Opus Jazz, if that counts. I did like the statics section. Yeah, statics is such a fun part. It's fun. It's hard. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Hard, very puffy. Yeah. Um, So you had, you know, these opportunities kind of given almost straight away. Was that, did you find that assuring or was that... um, more pressure like sort of undue pressure on a young person i think it was a little bit of both Mm -hmm. i think it was kind of as if they were kind of testing me a little bit like i feel like they do it i feel like a lot of companies do it with younger dancers Mm -hmm. where they like put them through a testing period to like sink or swim sink or swim Mm -hmm. let's see what you can handle let's Mm -hmm. let's see what you got kind of a thing so Mm -hmm. i think that it was exciting to be given these opportunities, but I also was just trying to stay as focused as possible because mm-hmm. I, I knew they were looking at me with a magnifying glass mm-hmm. in a way. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Conversations on Dance would like to take this opportunity to invite you to an evening of dance and music that finds New York City Ballet soloist Troy Schumacher's trailblazing ballet collective collaborating with the groundbreaking orchestral collective, The Knights. Comprised entirely of dancers from the New York City Ballet and featuring world premieres by two of its dancers, Schumacher and Preston Chambly, this evening will build on Ballet Collective's tradition of creating forward-thinking, collaboration-driven art that reflects the world we live in. Hailed by the New York Times as being unforced, experimental, and refreshing, Ballet Collective has been at the forefront of collaborative art for nearly a decade. Don't miss their performances at the Gelsey Kirkland Arts Center in Brooklyn this October 23rd, 25th, and 26th. You can purchase tickets at www.ballycollective.com slash tickets. So one of the things that you have really garnered attention for is your partnering. Is that something that you were really enjoyed and felt very um, proficient at as at SAB? Or was that something more you developed at your time with the company at New York City Ballet? I think, honestly, I think my partnering came from before I got to SAB. Mm-hmm. I had a really fantastic Cuban trainer um, who danced with ABT for a little while and National Ballet of Cuba. Mm -hmm. And he was really, really, really heavy on the partnering. Mm. And it was our partnering classes where every other week we learned some insane patada that none of us should have been doing. Mm. But (laughs) we had to adapt. Like we were learning Don Q and spring waters and spring waters. Yeah. (laughs) Stuff like that. (laughs) So it was kind of, I think I was thrown in a little bit Mm -hmm. to the partnering Mm -hmm. world 
And so then by the time I got to SAB, I kind of had the, I don't know, the like the heavy lifting kind of part right. of partnering. Like I right. can throw a girl over my head. Sure, mm-hmm. sure. Fine. But then once I got to SAB, I got to learn kind of the techniques of partnering mm-hmm. and kind of like how to make a woman feel really comfortable mm-hmm. on point or even doing steps that are really simple mm-hmm. to accentuate her. Right. Because mm-hmm. uh, the partnering before I got to SAB was very much like... Brute strength. Brute strength, kind of aggressive right. and very... Um, classical Cuban. <laughs> classical Cuban, like athletic. Mm-hmm. Right. Like, it's, let's see how much I can throw this girl around. Mm-hmm. Whereas when I got to SAB, it's more about showing off the woman and mm-hmm. like learning how to make her comfortable and make her look beautiful. Mm -hmm. So I think kind of the combination of the two is what really has helped me further. And then getting into the company, you kind of have to keep your training in mind and then Mm -hmm. apply it to things that are uncomfortable, like Mm -hmm. new works Mm -hmm. and stuff that's more contemporary or, um, Ratmansky style partnering or, um, Robbins, Peck, all of it. So I think that's kind of where my partnering Mm -hmm. skills came from. I find that so interesting because I feel like sometimes in companies it can be like this core member isn't very good at partnering, so we can't give him featured roles. Mm -hmm. But in the core, you don't really get a ton of experience with much partnering other than like, you know, a couple arabesques here and there. So it's like if you don't have that training from the beginning, it can Mm -hmm. be very hard to get that experience if you're not thrown into doing it. You know, so it's kind of like... We were very lucky to have that training mm-hmm. early on, I'm sure. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. What were some of the major differences between what you expected life to be like in New York City Valley as a student when you're looking up and mm-hmm. saying, this is what my dream versus uh, the reality of dancing with the company? I think, honestly, it's a, it's a, a <laughs> lot more blood, sweat, and tears than mm-hmm. I had imagined. I think... You know, when you're still a student and or when you're auditioning, you know, you're thinking of your dream coming true, which is getting a job and mm-hmm. being in a company and getting to be on stage all the time. Mm-hmm. You don't necessarily think about all of the work and rehearsals and the hours and the overtime and the emergencies and getting home late and making sure you go to bed on time and making sure you're well fed and right. going to Pilates and doing all that <laughs> so stuff. So much. So it's a lot of um, self-care mm-hmm. kind of a way. It's a lot of there's not really someone like watching over you and looking over you and keeping a record on you to like make sure that you're on the right track. Right. You have to kind of do that yourself. Right. right. So I think that was kind of the biggest thing for me was really learning how to be self-sufficient and learning how to keep myself motivated and keep myself in the right headspace mm-hmm. in order to do the job well. Right. So New York City Ballet recently went through a transition of directorship as mm-hmm. Michael and I have also been through that change in so many leadership. dancers in the past five years, I would say. Right. And right. more dancers will be just out of because of life will be in the next, <laughs> you know, 10 years or so. So what kind of advice do you have for dancers who might be going through this now or could be in the future when you spend so much time shaping yourself for one eye and then suddenly there's new eyes in the room? How do you deal with that as a dancer? I think again it's it's super important to be super self-sufficient and self-caring 
mentally as much as physically. So when the director does change, you know, like when we had the director shift, my first thought was, oh, it's, I'm not going to be liked anymore. Mm -hmm. Like I'm not going to have any of my parts. I'm going to get fired. Mm -hmm. Like that kind of thing happens. Um, so I think taking a step back and really trying to re-familiarize yourself with your love of dance Mm -hmm. is very important. Think back to why you first started, what keeps you going, what do you love about being on stage, what do you love about the job that you're doing? Um, Because ultimately, that's why we do it, and that's Mm -hmm. why we're there. Mm -hmm. Whoever is in the front of the room, it doesn't, it has maybe an effect on what you will be dancing, but it doesn't have to affect how you'll be dancing. That ultimately, once you get out on stage, it's for you. Mm-hmm. It is your time to enjoy yourself mm-hmm. and live your dream. The dream that you had before you had a job. Right. Right. That's beautiful. I really just, I love I, but I think that can even be applied to students, to anyone who's like going to a new school in a new room <clears throat> with a new teacher, that it's so easy for us to focus on like that one person that makes all our life decisions. And that can be so detrimental Absolutely. no matter what situation you're just in. Just like Juliet Simone says, you know, it's, it's here. That's me tapping on a table on the in bar. lieu of a bar. <laughs> center stage, center stage reference. Our younger listeners don't know that anymore. Well, they should so check sad. it out. You check know? it out, guys. It's I mean, such did, a good dance movie. I just so watched good. it last week and it's so good. It's and so like all good. The, the cliches are, they're cliches for a reason because yeah. they're just mm-hmm. real. Guys, check it out. Yeah. I mean, did you watch The Turning Point when you were younger? That would have been I think like I the, the equivalent to I, our generation. I, I, for some reason, was behind on it. But once Center Stage came out, then I looked for a Turning mm-hmm. Point and watched that. But yes, I haven't seen. Oh, it's great. Oh, I mean, it? that it's well, really nice. it's really, really melodramatic, but it features yes. amazing actors yeah. and Bancroft and Shirley MacLaine are so mm-hmm. good. So good in it. Academy Award nominated performances. <laughs> All right. Like All that's right. like no, ballet heyday. There is a ballet movie that was nominated for Best Picture. Yeah. Guys. Wow. Center stage, not so much. <laughs> Though we times love it. have changed. Yeah. <laughs> well, shifting back to press and hijacking <laughs> your interview. I could sit here and talk about balance uh, all day. <laughs> <laughs> so you were featured in an article last fall in the New York Times about openly gay male dancers in ballet companies in America. Mm-hmm. And I, I loved the article because I thought that, especially when I was growing up, I remember a lot of... Um, these sort of pushbacks against, you know, on the face of it, you think it's not bad. It's like where if you're fighting homophobic slurs, like, like, oh, your boy's getting in battle. He's going to be gay. Mm-hmm. Or he's going to be a puffda, like they say in Billy Elliot. <laughs> um, back, and... back to the ballet movie references. <laughs> yeah, right <back> to <laughs> yeah, we'll circle back to Billy Elliot later. No, um, but you know, and then... People say, oh, no, it's a really masculine thing. It's really athletic. You're lifting girls all the time. Mm-hmm. But then they don't realize the damage it has on the gay boys that are in ballet. Mm-hmm. So I love this article because it was how many of you in it? It was almost oh, like dear. double was, digits, it feels like. It was. A lot. I think featured for like the photographs mm-hmm. and the shout outs and things. I think there was 13. Mm-hmm. And then they interviewed four or five of us. Mm-hmm. So what made you eager to be a part of that article and how do you think gay men in the industry are challenging notions of what it means to be a male ballet dancer? I think it's really important because I think in in our culture and our time now, 
people are starting to realize that it's okay to be comfortable with who you are. And people are taking more time to learn about themselves and to learn about what makes them happy. And so I think that ballet should be no exception. Mm-hmm. I think that um, I think this article was really great in showing that you can bring your own personality to dance and to ballet and not have to hide that part of yourself. Mm-hmm. You know, adapting to this super macho, like masculine form of dance sure for maybe like a certain role fine Mm -hmm. but for something maybe like a new work or something that has a little bit more leniency to it I think you should be open to expressing that side of yourself if you think that that is something that you want to bring forward and if that's a part of who you are and if that's something that you're super proud of Mm -hmm. you shouldn't be shamed or not given opportunities for a particular way that you dance. Mm -hmm. Um, And I was just super excited to be a part of the article to like bring light to it and let other young gay male dancers know that you don't have to be necessarily afraid. Mm -hmm. You don't have to be afraid that who you are as a person isn't going to mesh well in this ballet world. Mm -hmm. And it's, it's not about, necessarily when you're trying to express who you are you don't have to change that Mm -hmm. I guess you can just be yourself Mm -hmm. and I guess letting the world know that like that's how things are progressing and that's how things are changing and you know get with the program right (laughs) um one exciting element that kind of coincides with this of your career thus far was that you got to do uh a what I saw as a romantic potato with Taylor mm-hmm. Stanley in Lauren Lovett's Not Our Fate. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, I, I can't, I don't have, I'm pretty good, but I don't have a, you know, a full catalog of city ballet's work, but I imagine <laughs> that's the first time that a ro- romantic male potato maybe had been yes. performed. Mm-hmm. Um, so what did that mean to you to be a part of that? I was so honored. I knew going into it, Lauren had told me I was doing a pas de deux with Taylor Stanley, but I didn't know until we started creating it that it was a romantic pas de deux. And also at the same time, like Justin was figuring out what times are racing with um, Daniel Applebaum and Taylor again. <laughs> so it just felt like such a great moment in ballet history. And it was getting a lot of press and people were really paying attention, which I wasn't expecting. I was expecting, you know, our little ballet bubble to be like, Oh, this is great. But I got so many messages of people being like, thank you so much for representing us and making us feel like we're heard on a main stage and a big platform in an art that doesn't necessarily acknowledge this kind of, romantic connection all the time Mm -hmm. and and taylor is a a dream he was so great the entire way through Mm -hmm. and lauren was great to work with she kind of really made sure that we were comfortable with the story that we were telling the whole time Mm -hmm. and i felt a little bit that my story was being told as well like i grew up in a very conservative home and 
it was kind of a fight to come out and to be okay with who I am. And my part in the ballet, he's with this woman and he's really unhappy and then finds Taylor and they get to kind of explore their relationship together. And that was kind of my experience, like growing up and then moving to New York and trying to figure out who I am as a human and as a a gay human. Mm -hmm. So I think the whole experience changed my perspective of my own art form and what I want to be doing and what kind of um, artistry and story that I want to be telling Mm -hmm. in everything that I do. Yeah. Well, one thing that you have started doing and uh, that you will be sharing your story through more and more, I imagine, is choreographing. Mm-hmm. Um, so can you tell us a little bit about uh, how you first became interested interested in choreography? Yeah, I started choreographing back in the schools that I was in in North Carolina. Um, I had a really strong connection with contemporary dance I grew up as a comp kid mm-hmm. doing right. all the competitions, <laughs> jazz turns out the wazoo. <laughs> it was great. I miss it. <laughs> and so then when my studios that I was doing a lot of ballet and started to notice, oh, okay, he's got a really good contemporary flow. And then last minute something <laughs> would happen. Um, a girl like needed a solo for YGP or like world ballet competition or something like that. And they'd be like, can you just whip something up? And I'd be like, sure, why not? So then I would, I choreograph something and be like, Oh, this actually isn't bad. <laughs> why don't you do this again? And then uh-huh. it'd be like the stage moms all coming up to me and be like, can you choreograph something for my daughter? <laughs> so that's kind of how I got started. Uh-huh. And even before that, I was choreographing routines for my mom and my sister in our living room, mm-hmm. like to perform for Christmas from like my dad and my grandpa and my aunt. Oh, so I guess that's the true origin. <laughs> and let me tell you, those routines were tight. I bet they were great. <laughs> they were great. Send us a video of them. <laughs> <laughs> and so then from there, once I moved to New York, there wasn't a lot of opportunity to. Mm-hmm. Um, in the school, they have the student choreographic Um workshop situation and I didn't get to do it because I was injured at the time. So then I didn't get that opportunity either. So I kind of scratched it off. I Mm -hmm. was like in the professional world, it's just not my gift. It's not what I'm good at. I'll stick to partnering. Right. (laughs) And then city ballet started this first steps program Mm -hmm. for dancers to choreograph on other dancers. Mm -hmm. And I thought, well, why not? Give I'll give it a shot. Sure. I'll try it. Yeah. And I did it and I loved the process. Mm-hmm. I loved creating and I loved matching like music with movement and telling a story. The story of my first piece was that um, these dancers were trying to branch out of like classical ballet, but didn't want everyone else in the cast to know that they were doing it. So the whole time the dancers were like looking away from a person doing a solo that was super fluid and contemporary. And then they would all turn around and the person would go back to doing classical ballet. That's amazing. So that was really a fun concept to play with. And then I got approached after that to choreograph for the New York choreographic Institute. Uh And so then it's kind of just gone from there. There's just been opportunity after opportunity. And I just, I've never thought that I was good at it. Yeah. So then for other people to come up and be like, oh, no, we want you to do this again. Oh, we want you to do it again and again. That's great. Has been really cool and really affirming for Mm -hmm. me. I was like, oh, maybe this is another genre that I can 
yeah. get into. What's your next choreographic gig coming up? Right now I'm working on Ballet Collective. Mm-hmm. I'm choreographing a piece. I'm working with a composer and an artist to do, um, I think our shows are in October. October 23rd. There. Thank you, Michael. <laughs> Michael, Michael also, also is my ballet master. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He's better at counting than I am. Counting. And then... <laughs> this counts hot my dreams. Oh, yeah. I, <laughs> we won't talk about it. <laughs> Preston, and I, Preston and I have had some moments where we've had to just like... Mm-hmm dancers like twiddling their thumbs where we're like is that a 15 and a half i can't what is this i can't what what is that um and then the next one after that is i got asked to choreograph again for choreographic institute in the spring and they're doing like a big festival thing because it's an anniversary year so all the shows will be they're doing some shows at the guggenheim and the new york public arts library that's so cool so i'm excited for that so what are some of your biggest choreographic influences Ooh. Very good question. Um, I'm definitely inspired by kind of older neoclassical Balanchine Mm -hmm. as far as like a classical construct. Right. Um, And then a lot of work that I've been researching and looking at is stuff by um, Lines. Their stuff is really great. Hubbard Street, Mm -hmm. their stuff is incredible. I really love Bathsheba. I don't know if I'm necess- I can't call myself like in that genre <laughs> of Gaga, but I respect it and I love it. Mm-hmm. Um, and then just like a couple choreographers here and there that I find like through social media, mm-hmm. I'll see something that I really enjoy of their work and um, kind of that'll inspire some of mm-hmm. my stuff. That's cool. Yeah. So you have two promising careers <laughs> going <laughs> full steam ahead. What, goals do you have for yourself in each respective line of work? Ooh, very good question. (laughs) Um, I think as far as dance goes, I, I think I would really like to start doing more contemporary work, um, with artists that come through the company and Mm -hmm. like get opportunities to create, new works because I think that's kind of when I feel most at home Mm -hmm. is when a choreographer comes through and creates a new work on you it just feels really comfortable and really natural to get to work with a choreographer um I love that whole process Mm -hmm. um so I guess yeah I don't know if I necessarily am like I would love to get promoted Mm -hmm. that sounds great um (laughs) but I think like if i if I never got promoted, but I still got to dance things, dance things and get like good opportunities, I would, I would be okay. Mm-hmm. I, I don't think necessarily it's not the title is right. what I'm saying. It's not what, it's I'm what you get for. to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So speaking of working with choreographers and creating new works, we're here at the Vail Dance Festival. Tell us a little bit about what you're dancing here this year. Yes. So I just did my show of Serenade. It was beautiful. Thanks. It was so beautiful. It was, that was your first waltz boy, right? Or had you Since done it? workshop. Workshop. I was going to say workshop. I did it for workshop. I, you oh, I did. Did you, did you do so it with Lauren for workshop or was that? You I guys? did it with Addie Tapp. Yes. They do Serenade so frequently. I, I know, know Lauren's before you. That didn't Her workshop was Serenade as well. Yeah. 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 
so yeah, I was supposed to do Elegy, and mm-hmm. then someone got hurt, and they were like, "Who else has done this?" And, they, and you were like, "Me, me." As me, you were like, I've you're done it. Hand shot up. Yep, <laughs> exactly. That's so fun. I remember it from six or seven Those years ballets ago. Ballets are in your bones. It really looked so. Effort- I thought for sure I was like, "Oh, this is part of his rep." It looked <laughs> I great. wish. Yeah. <laughs> I wish I had like maybe two more days mm-hmm. to prepare. Cause... But you had just premiered in the other role. Right? Is that right? It's mm-hmm. it's Saratoga. That was that was the first time you'd done it, or um, that was the it? first time I'd done it in America. When okay. the company went to Shanghai, my <laughs> 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 <I> American. <laughs> <laughs> um. So yeah, it was cool because I was supposed to do Elegy here. Mm-hmm. Um. So then last minute switch happened. Mm-hmm. Um. But it was also kind of fun to keep it fresh and. Yeah. keep thinking about it I've always wanted to do that part again Aww. since workshop and I love it so I did that and then I'm working on uh, we're doing a Merce Cunningham piece and next you did, weekend you did the Merce piece last year I right? did what was yes. the title of that uh, Alice scenario Alice. <laughs> Scenario. <laughs> Scenario. Scenario was last I, We loved that. It was so It was great. so fascinating to watch that come together, knowing yeah. that you guys, I mean, it was so like sporadic how mm-hmm. they would rehearse, mm-hmm. like trio and yeah. quartet and, and you little don't rehearse bits. with music until the dress rehearsal. Right. Which is so crazy. Um, was that your first time doing Merce last year then? Yes. Okay. Yeah, that was my first time doing Merce. Does it feel I a little done, more comfortable this year? A little bit. Yeah. I think there was... There's not as much of a training process this mm-hmm. year, whereas last year, because that's a very, scenario is very technical mm-hmm. Merce. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was very much about like making sure you're creating the right shapes and right. making sure you're very aware of the other people around you so that you look for your cues and what you're supposed to do. Right. Um, but the piece this year is super fun. It's super quirky. Um, we're doing three sections from, I think it's called Attic meat there it is all right <laughs> so we're doing three sections we're doing like two group sections and a boys duet Yay. which i'm doing with canard awesome. i'm very excited looking forward to seeing that the end is it's real gay and i love it <laughs> <laughs> all i'm gonna say is fur we've taken the, okay say. We've taken this interview full circle now. <laughs> so I think we can segue into Wait, our... Wait, no, I wanted to hear about the Pam Tanowitz piece, though, okay. that you're in. That one's super great, too. Yeah. It's really fun. Um, she is really, really incredible to work with. Mm-hmm. She's kind of... We were talking about it today. The theme and what the piece is kind of about is the people in the room. Mm-hmm. So it's all about what we're experiencing through the rehearsal process and how we're kind of creating new movement together. Mm -hmm. And then the piece just feels very much like we're dancing with and for each other. It's like the audience isn't really there. Mm -hmm. We're all just kind of enjoying this movement Mm -hmm. together. And it's just got some like fun, quirky moments. I got to see the potada between um, Carla and Calvin and it's, Beautiful. Carla Corbs is back on stage. She's back. Back on stage. I out of retirement. Out of retirement. She's like the share of ballet. <laughs> she will be in and out. Not age. Uh, yeah. <laughs> now we went full circle again. Yeah. Yeah. Sharon. <laughs> All right, Mikey. Okay, now so we're done. Now we're at the lightning round, yeah. which is where we ask a quick question and you just think of, oh, you know, no. it's first not thing. a quiz. Yeah, oh boy. Okay. What were you wearing in your first competition? No. <laughs> um, uh, what's your dream role? Ooh, uh, either who cares or phlegmatic. Good. Oh yeah. You need to do phlegmatic for sure. I cast you in that. <laughs> uh, favorite <clears throat> on stage moment. Ooh. Um, 
I would say five boys dance mm-hmm. in rodeo. Yeah. Good answer. Uh, who is your dream partner? Mm. You can seek outside of City Ballet's walls as well. Ooh. <laughs> one that I've already danced with or one I want sure, to dance with? Sure, both, either. One of each, if you'd like. Ooh. I, hmm. I think two people I've worked with that I really, really enjoy working with are Unity Phelan and Isabella Boylston. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I'll also throw re- Lauren Lovett in there too. She's and you, great. <laughs> you only really got to dance with Isabella Boylston because of Vale, right? I did. Or have you danced with her? I've danced with the first time I danced with her. I did Red Angels for Tyler Peck's. Oh, the thing in thing LA. In LA, yeah, <laughs> which was LA. that thing. Sorry, that cast <laughs> was the was, name of it. That was that was fun. That it was so me great. and Taylor Stanley, Tyler Peck, Valley Isabella Next. Boylston. That's what Valley Next. Yeah, Valley Next. Thank yeah. you. Oh, yeah, sorry, I should never call it a thing, but <laughs> <laughs> um, dream choreographic project. You have no budget. Ooh. Sky's the limit. Mm. What would you do? I have always wanted to put together a gala for um, children with um, mental disabilities, whether that be literally any of them. I've always just had a soft spot in my heart for them and for research projects and to help fund because my sister she's been working with kids with autism in elementary school and to help kind of get more volunteers or maybe like get more paid positions uh, to set up programs to help kids like that. And so I think creating this big festival or gala Mm -hmm. for charities and organizations that help with that would be my dream. Well, someone's listening who's going to help you with that. (laughs) That seems like a very humble project when you support it. (laughs) Well, thank you so much for taking the time. It was so fun. It was so fun. Thank you for joining us this week. If you would like to support the Conversations on Dance podcast, there are a few ways that you can help. Click over to Apple Podcasts and leave us a review. Download episodes when you listen to allow our analytics to better understand our listenership. Join our Facebook group, Conversations on Dance, Friends of the Pod, or you can offer a donation. Conversations on Dance has always been and will always be free to our listeners. You can help us continue to create and produce this unique behind-the-curtain look at the dance world by visiting conversationsondancepod.com support. Thank you for tuning in. See you next week. 